0: going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 210. 210 of these things. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorino coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, guys, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharme's Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall. It's tax season. Go see the best in the business if you're in the South Jersey area. Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, check out our merch, dsgntree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Pitchers and catchers are in Clearwater. Get geared up for Philly season. Use the promo code DSGN10 for $10 off at checkout with our friends at Design Tree. What's going on, Matt? Nothing. Just living the dream, you know? Shushing it up. Um, it's been a while since we've... uh. Been back on the show, but uh, Shushgate has swept Philadelphia Sports Twitter by storm. But uh, it's all love, because the Sixers beat the Clippers. Joel Embiid isn't going anywhere. And some Sixers fans just need to you know, put their big boy pants on and grow up a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you said it better than I I did, or I could. Um, you know, Embiid has always been someone that I think has understood... the the fan base pretty well, and it's a pretty complicated fan base. I think the fans as well have always reacted really well to Embiid, so it was uh, a little surprising to see this kind of boil over in a a really kind of toxic way, but I'm uh, I'm glad that after last night's game, it it seems like all water under the bridge, and it's a good feeling now. You kind of, instead of having this story going in All-Star Weekend, uh, it's a more positive one. And it's one where he even comes out and says, you know, like for me, like I don't care, like, but it has to be a two way street. Like, you know, if they can boo me, I can, you know, tell I mean, them to shut the agree. F up. And exactly. I'm, I I agree with that. Like, um, and to me, that's what makes him be fun, that's what makes him likable. And yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a big deal for, like, 12 hours, <laughs> and then it wasn't anymore, like most things that happened on Twitter. But, I mean, you know, the scariest thing, I think, was the Instagram post for me. Like, I didn't care about him shushing or anything like that, like, whatever. To me, the Instagram post and his comments saying, like, uh, to Jimmy Butler, like, uh, damn, you're right, and all that, it's like, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> um, because we live in an era where every two months, an all-star demands to be traded, and i think you have to be at least a little bit foolish to believe that it can't happen to you because mm-hmm. um it's been championship contending teams and it's been bottom-dwelling teams They're like no one has been spared uh by the recent you know revival of, of your player power and them wanting to to get where they want to go and um so anytime you see him beat even if it is joking even if it is just in the heat of the moment uh I, I, I won't lie, my face was pretty pale and mm-hmm. I had a tough time sleeping.
0: <laughs> and it looks like since all of this has happened he deleted his comment back to Jimmy Butler. Uh, but the initial Instagram post from two days ago uh, Joel shushing the crowd uh, and saying you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain obviously the quote from Harvey Dent in uh, Batman The Dark Knight. And Jimmy Butler commented on said post and said I know a place where villains are welcome with the kind of shrug emoji uh, and then followed up after a, a big win against the Clippers, Joel posts another uh, sequence of pictures that says, brotherly love, hashtag my city. He's not going anywhere. You know, Embiid is, is signed through 2023. People freaking out. You know, they people I don't think remember that the trade deadline just happened. Like, the deadline's over. Embiid can't be traded anywhere. All these talking heads... You know, putting out stuff saying, oh, you know, teams are starting to gear up for if the Sixers are going to trade Joel Embiid. It's not happening, especially to a team like the Heat that is going to be an absolute cap hell like they are with the contracts that they have. Joel loves it here. He's said it numerous times. And the bigger thing I think you have to look into with this, if you look into anything bigger, is this just kind of a statement to the front office like, give us players that work together.
1: Uh, I I I think it was just more genuine frustration. I agree. I I think it, like with the, with the fans in the situation because he's someone that um you know I think has certainly in the past not been afraid to say what's genuinely on his mind. And I think he was genuinely annoyed that he was getting booed because uh, he didn't really deserve to get booed. I I don't think really any of the players have deserved to get booed. You know, it's your like personal prerogative if you ever want to boo someone. I've never booed a player in my life, uh, like a Sixer player in my life. Yeah. Um, or any other kind of like Philly, like it's just not like who I am. But I, you know, I can understand why people do. Uh, I don't, I don't hate on people who boo. It's your, it's your choice. But I've never done it because to me, it, it is counterproductive. We were at
0: the game Friday night, and yeah. when intros were happening, we looked at each other like, "What the hell is going on?"
1: I wasn't surprised to hear like Horford and yeah. Brett get booed, but everyone got booed, even Embiid. It's like, all right, well,
0: what I, is going on? It's just <laughs>
1: you know, I, I guess like part of it is like it's the hashtag culture of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and it's like, eh, like. Who who really cares? <laughs> like I don't know. I, I just think I I think the the whole Embiid thing is um I, I'm glad it's kind of settled down now and especially again he had a great performance last night and it seems everyone's kind of it has really just cooled off a little bit and had some time to just breathe and I think it also helped that Horford was benched last night. I think everyone was kind of happy about that and it seems like you know the the team is being a little more proactive than they've been in the past about trying to make um you know big changes in in the season you know but I think people have been asking Horford to be benched for at least a month now and finally we're seeing it and that's uh that's a a positive Mm -hmm. in my opinion and you're even seeing like Glenn Robinson III getting the start in the second half like you know in-game change like that when Korkmaz isn't playing well like these are all things that I think everyone wants to see from the Sixers, and it's it's all positive. But, yeah, I'm glad, like, the, the 12-hour window was done where we all thought that Embiid was going to be forcing his way out this summer um, and it was all going to get blown up. And, yeah, I think some people need uh, really need this all-star break to, to yes. recollect their thoughts and minds um, just because everyone did kind of go a little loony about this. And, frankly, it's – come on. You know, like, you know, some people went really over the top with the takes – you know, about what, what it means for Embiid, what it, what it even means is like Philadelphia fans, like, yeah, they're disgraceful and all honestly, like, I, I don't know, I just, I just think everyone was uh, pretty annoyed, I think the fans had every reason to be annoyed, especially going all the way back to last week, just, you know was one thing to be on a losing skid, it's another thing mm-hmm. to lose the way this team did, uh, a supposed championship contending team gets blown out four straight nights, um, that's I think if fans have every reason to be upset about that and I think players have the right to also, you know, if they're getting booed, <laughs> give a little back and especially someone like Embiid has every right to. Um he's been here really since day 1 through all this. He's been here through injuries. Uh we've supported him, but he's also supported us and given us a very great team. <laughs> and, uh, and and he's given him he's given us himself. Mm-hmm. Um and he's been a, a great personality and I think a, a great, you know, athlete in this city. So you know, it's it's a two-way street, and I think um, everyone could just do with a little a little break, I think, from Philadelphia right now.
0: I think it's very hilarious the people that, like, lost their absolute minds about this Embiid thing and have been calling him entitled and a baby and, you know, he, he can't handle adversity are the same people that, when the process started, said it was a joke, it was a sham, didn't work. There's a lot of correlation there, and uh, the, the talking heads of the world... You know who you are, especially locally in this city. There's a bunch of them uh, that just need to not talk about the Sixers ever again in their professional careers because anything that comes out of their mouths when it regards this basketball team is just absolute garbage.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is like a relatively common trend with like uh, any NBA team that isn't on like a seventy one pace is to talk about how you can blow them up and... Um... You know, make it work some other way. People had these conversations, and frankly, I did too, about the Raptors for like five straight years. And ultimately, they pulled the trigger on a big trade and get the championship they've been looking for for that that entire time. Um, you know, and then people were ready to give up on that team every single summer. And every summer was a a big speculation about who was getting traded and all this. And ultimately, they did trade to to make a a big move, but the team largely stuck together and stuck to its guns on what it had. And, um, you know, I I think he it is common to see you know kind of more national writers yeah and even some more local guys that want to blow it all up for whatever reason. Like or, the Sixers
0: or... are on a three-game winning streak and we somehow still have the the narrative on these talking head shows of oh this if if I'm the Sixers I'm I'm trading Ben Simmons now yeah after I... he had a triple double last night and looked the best he ever has with Embiid on the court this entire season.
1: I mean, in a game with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons was the best player on the court last mm-hmm. night, and that says a lot. And again, I know we've been saying it a lot, but this team, especially at home, but this team against other top teams has performed very well. Um, you know, I, like anyone who comes to Philly at this point is is absolutely in, uh, in danger of getting the sauce at any moment. And, you know, obviously the road is a much different story. But, like, their, their wins at home this year are, like, just so Statements. stupidly in- impressive. Like, it, you know, they've, they've beaten all of the top teams in both conferences, you know, and that is impressive. Um, if they could even be a quarter of that on the road, they'd be <laughs> in a much better position. But they're just It'd frankly the not. But, but seriously, like, this, this, we can't lose sight of the fact that this team has absolutely dominated everyone at home this year. Which and, is huge. And it has just, like, they, they look so much better. And teams, frankly, can't come here and even breathe. No. Um, so that's that's a positive. And, yeah, it feels good going into the All-Star break now. It's just, like, a positive story. Like, you get the win streak back on track. Maybe you get some, you know, uh, some losses to go your way like over the next two days, um, and it, it helps you out standings-wise. And you come in after the All-Star break, and you know, Sixers have typically done pretty well post All-Star break. So hopefully, you get a little more of that. And we'll see even now too. But, you know, what's what's going to happen with with Horford? Is it going to be a continual thing him being benched? Who's going to fill in that role? Korkmaz had a pretty pretty crappy night last night, as he's prone to having. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it going to be Theibel that takes that role? Is it going to be Robinson that takes that role? We finally saw a little bit of Alec Burks last night, like... We'll see. We'll see who kind of steps up in the role. There's still some interesting things to figure out. It's not quite the jumbled mess it was going into the All Star break last year, where you had a whole new yeah. starting lineup. But you know, there's there's still big questions for the Sixers. You know, in the last month and a half of the season.
0: They looked so smooth last night. Like everything was just like fluid. Guys look comfortable. Four of your five starters finished with you know double digit points. That's what you want to see from this team on a night in and night out basis. You just look at it. I mean, Furkan Korkmaz had the best 0.1 rebound game I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, 17-12 and 12 from Tobias. Joel had a fantastic night to, you know, continuing to silence the haters. Ben, like we said, 26-12-10. Uh, Josh Richardson went absolutely nuclear in the fourth quarter. Uh, I believe he had 17 of his 21 points in the fourth quarter. You know, it was it was an all-around dominant game from that starting lineup and you know Horford put in nine points Matisse had his three but played that signature defense I still don't know how he blocked that ball um and Glenn Robinson the third looks really good with this team yeah really good
1: it's rare that uh <laughs> that these kind of trades were us. usually these guys lose their touch and you'd think you know he had such a long journey I was afraid he'd <laughs> get like the Spanish flu on the way and uh have to stop somewhere and Uh, acquired tuberculosis or something apparently
0: Uh, he he noticed the the jokes occurring on twitter and instagram too so it's good that glenn robinson the third watches social media it was
1: it was tough you know if you've ever played the oregon trail you get to the (laughs) rivers and sometimes you have to decide whether you're going to float across or find another way around and a few times they lost a lot of their supplies and playing Catan,
0: uh, traded some stones for some cell phone service to check in (laughs)
1: yeah i think they got dysentery at one point so they had to take a a break in missouri um yeah i mean it was stupid that you know going into sunday we had no idea these guys were going to play but hey it's it's all worked out to this point and um i love the sixers but i'm also glad i don't have to think about them for like a week (laughs) yeah and and i don't really have to worry much about nba for a week because it's going to be a nice little break
0: nice break uh Ben Simmons, though, like we said, was the best player on the court in the Clippers game. Uh, put the clamps on Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter. Kawhi had 25 points in the game going into the fourth, finished with 30. That was the best overall defensive game, I think, this season we've seen from a matchup standpoint for Ben Simmons. And just overall, like to like you said, to be able to dominate the top teams in both conferences at home the way the Sixers have, Like this is now... Lakers, Clippers, statement wins. You've beaten the Celtics at home. You dominated the Heat at home. You beat the Bucks in the national spotlight. The home court advantage is real for this team. It's just, you know, we've been saying it all season. It's a matter of finding that magic and bringing it with them on the road and potentially dropping a couple biscuits and putting the Wells Fargo Center magic on the plane instead.
1: Yeah, I... um it's it's still mind boggling to me that just the difference the way this team looks at home and, and on the road and I uh you know, you mentioned on the big wins and those are some of the best wins of, of anyone that has has, has mm-hmm. had this season. You look at the other the other top teams around the league and they don't have those types of wins, honestly. They really don't. And that's a big positive. You know, we, we ran the Lakers out of town with embiid and Josh Richardson you know a a team that is a favorite to win the championship this year and yeah you know they were on the the back end of a tough road stretch but like that shouldn't happen (laughs) like that really shouldn't happen this this team has done has had so many great wins and done so many good things that it's hard for me to completely give up on them um and i think that's ultimately what is so frustrating about the the road woes this year Mm -hmm. is that One, if you just turned it around a little bit, you'd be in such a better position, you know, conference and seating-wise. But two, is you've seen what this team can be, and you've seen how good they can be. And last night, while it's great to watch last night, and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed watching this team play, it's one of the best games you've seen this season. It's ultimately just as frustrating as it is exciting, because it's like, why the hell can we not... Put at least some of this together on the road. Obviously, you're always going to have some difference in you know home versus versus road swings. It's mm-hmm. it's in every sport. You're always going to play better at home. Um, but just to, just the complete c- cliff that this team falls off anytime it gets on a plane or a bus. I just I don't understand it. Um, but it's those home performances that give me a lot of hope about this team and, and what they can do and what they what they can accomplish. And that I think is uh I think that's a, a good sign for the Sixers moving forward.
0: Best home record in the NBA by one uh in the loss column. Bucks are twenty five and three at home, and put that into perspective. The number one team in the league who is forty six and seven, are twenty five and three at home, but they have the twenty one and four away record. Yeah, this
1: is a team that's like on a a high sixties, you know, almost seventy win uh, pace, and uh, we're we're keeping up with them with our home record.
0: Just flip flop the Sixers' road record to nineteen and nine. You didn't have to go that that's, far, yeah.
1: You, know, you you just put us, you know, at the 13-14 win column, and you know you're in such a, a better position. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh that's that is what's frustrating about the Sixers' season so far. Is you've seen what they can do at home and how great this team can be. And you just have not seen that on the road. And that's, I think, where a lot of the frustration with the fans come from, too, is, you know, like, you want to see this team be successful. I do think there's a lot of people that watch this team and, and you know, during the process years and, and really, like, grew to love and root for, you know, someone like Embiid, someone like Ben Simmons, wants to see them win a championship in the city. Like, we haven't had a, a great Sixers team in a really long time. Um, even the AI teams weren't great mm-hmm. teams. You know, you have to genuinely go back to, like, you could say, like, early 90s like a little bit but honestly you have to go back to the early yeah those early 80s teams to define like truly great basketball teams there and um, that to me is you know people are starved for that kind of success and I think the Sixers are, are well loved and people want to see them be good. And when you see this team, when you you show up to the Wells Fargo Center and you watch this team play, and you think, "Wow, they're amazing," and then the you know two nights later you watch them uh, on TV, you know in Dallas, and you watch them lay an egg, it's like I don't understand. And I don't blame people for being frustrated by that.
0: As Derek Bodner of the Athletic says, just don't watch the road games, and you'll have a, a great time.
1: I've I've thought about not putting the road games on. I like I think I had this thought. During the Bucks game on the road, I was like, singing at halftime, I was like, I was already going to bed, but I was, I was saying to myself,
0: you know what, I might just not watch road games anymore, because yeah. it's just not worth my time. That, that four-game road stretch, I don't believe I watched a single second of those games due to just things going on, but obviously I, I re-watched them, but when it was happening, I was like, they're on the road. I, I don't know if I can do this. So hopefully
1: they have some uh, epiphany over this over this short break on how to uh, play like a competent basketball team on the road.
0: The official quote-unquote halfway point now for this team. How would you assess the Sixers so far this season? What they've been able to do? I would give them
1: uh, a B minus. I don't. I think they've been slightly above average. Um, Honestly, I had a little higher expectations for mm-hmm. this team than, than where they're at right now, but I think they've also been better in some areas. Uh, there's been you know, injuries, pretty significant injuries if you think about it. Not like anyone's been out for four months, but, you know.
2: Reoccurring
0: injuries.
1: Yeah, these reoccurring things, and we haven't seen the starting lineup get together uh, enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, they've been above average. They haven't blown me away really. Uh, you know, Obviously, the home record is impressive, but the away record is equally unimpressive. And I think they're, they're still in a great position. I think this is still the same team that we came into the season with, and it has the same kind of flaws and the same strengths, which is in the last five minutes of any game, they can absolutely choke the life out of you. And they're never going to be this great high-flying offense that's going to be super efficient and takes pull-up threes and does all these things. They're just That's not the way this team is built. Um, but if they can continue to adapt like they have, and I think last night was a really good step in that direction of, listen, you need to have a conversation with Al Horford. He's a, he's a big man and he can take it and he's getting paid very well to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if him being on the bench is what, you know, puts the Sixers to where they need to be, then I'm all for it and he should be too, hopefully. Um, so hopefully that's, we see that kind of innovation going forward through the, the you know, the, the last really quarter of the season. Um, but I, I think it's been a, a really strong Sixers year. There's been really high highs and really low lows. I think some of the lowest lows, frankly, that I've had since like Toronto last year. And mm-hmm. then, you know, even going backwards, just because the expectation this year was so much higher. So some of these losses have really sucked because you, you start start really thinking about why you even watch this stupid sport <laughs> sometimes. But um, but the the great wins have been great. You know, there's been it's genuinely, really exciting stuff from this team. So I'm, I'm still really positive and hopeful about them.
0: Doesn't seem like Sixers fans are uh, endearing themselves to Anna Horford anymore either. Wow. Well. don't blame them. Uh, but I saw a great tweet today too. If, uh, if I, my brother was making you know over a hundred million dollars to come off the bench, don't think I'd be talking too much. It's just. Um...
1: You know, I, I never want, like, athletes and, like, their families to be, like, harassed or anything, but um, it's sort of like the Embiid thing where it's like, you know, we can boo Embiid, but he mm-hmm. he can throw it back at us. Um, I get a little annoyed. I even get a little annoyed with Ben Simmons or something. Sometimes. Yeah. But whatever. You know, it's their family. I, I totally understand why they'd be defensive over their blood. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to question that, but, uh, you know, if you're going to be an open advocate for your family member on Twitter, just understand it's the internet. And yes. people aren't going to be nice to you just because you are related to Al Horford or Ben Simmons. Um, I will be because ultimately, like, you know, I, I've i never, like, been the type of person to be negative like mm-hmm. that. But it's just there like... There are those people. And they're everywhere. It's not just a Sixers thing. It's not just an NBA thing. It's not just a Philly thing. It's This is just the, the, the internet and the world we live in. So um, hopefully no one crosses any kind of lines. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hope that Al Horford can and it seems like he he has he said all the right things at least about you know it's what's best for the team and all this and i hope that he can continue that kind of attitude um we all know that it was a mistake but i'm not one to blame players for getting the contracts it's ultimately on the front office Mm -hmm. if you want to blame anyone you should be blaming elton brand if you really want to blame someone you should be blaming jerry colangelo (laughs) um you know we, we can't forget Dave who the, yeah who the the true authors of all of this evil are but you know ultimately um i, I just i, I don't want to see anyone like being like really like yeah. aggressive or negative like there's just there's no need it's like honestly at the end of the day it's basketball he, like That's it's our if, brand yeah if 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 it means that much to you i don't know you should Find a, a local therapist you can go to. Cause it's, <laughs> honestly, go outside and play some basketball. It's here just not head. that impactful. To it shouldn't be that impactful no. to your life that um, it means that much. That you need to like you be really aggressive to someone online. It's just not that important. It's not
0: that important. Um, but we are on a nice little break from the NBA, <laughs> the All Star Game, and uh, All Star Weekend coming up to uh, put everybody on a, a nice little island and relax from NBA. Uh, you know hysteria for the next uh, few days but Matt have you seen these MLB playoff change uh, propositions that have come up
1: I, I, I so I just correct me if I'm wrong the idea now is that the top seeded teams would be able to choose their opponent correct
0: like it's the bachelor
1: yeah, I, well, they, I, I know the NBA, uh, when people talk about the NBA, like restructuring that, they've had a similar idea that, um, you know, like to reward the number one seed, they get to choose, you know, whoever, like there's play in games like seven through 10 or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's the top seeds are able to choose who which they play, who they play.
0: Uh, so this is from Joel Sherman of the New York Post reporting this. Um, some of the highlights that are laid out in this report. Seven teams from each league would make the playoffs. I like that change. Teams with the best record in each league get wildcard round buys. Two other division winners and top wildcard team host all games of three-game series in wildcard round. So I guess the, the top two seats just have full-blown home field advantage. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. Uh, two other division winners get to pick their wildcard round opponents during a live broadcast. From three other wild card teams, the top wildcard team plays the unpicked team. Three series winners and team with a bye advance to the divisional round. I,
1: um, so, I, what they should just keep is that the seven teams make uh, the postseason. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like the concept of like picking your opponent. I think it's, um, I think it, it's like hollow drama. I think they've, they believe that this will be, like, some great event and everyone would be tuning in. And, frankly, I think it's it will just not. be really anticlimactic and boring. And, ultimately, I don't – you know, obviously there are matchup, you know, things you could exploit, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that impactful. I, I don't like one team getting all of home field advantage. No. Um, if your team makes the playoffs, there's something really special about at least having the opportunity to see that team you know, play. You know, either live or just uh, you know, knowing that you could go to like a local bar and, and watch them, whatever. You know, what whatever it is. Um, and I would imagine also the owners wouldn't be happy about that because if your team That's makes revenue. the playoff, they should be getting that playoff revenue. Fair enough. Um, I I just think um, I, I I don't like I don't like many aspects of that, and I think it's just kind of corny. If you want to make baseball more fun and interesting, have more teams in the playoffs. It's not that it's not that difficult you know people would care more about baseball if they got to watch their teams actually have a chance when only two teams (laughs) make the playoffs out of 45 it's not that fun
0: (laughs) so they lay it out this would have been last year's national league playoff picture with these rules so the dodgers had the best home record so they'd get the bye uh to the divisional round the braves had the next best record followed by the cardinals the wild cards in order would have been the Nationals, Brewers, Mets, and Diamondbacks. So even under this, the Phillies wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh the, Brave, <laughs> the Braves would then get to choose their opponent from between the bottom three wild cards. Next up, the Cardinals would then choose between whoever the Braves didn't pick among the Brewers, Mets, and Diamondbacks. Whatever team wasn't picked would then play the Nationals.
1: And I mean, you could also screw over the Nationals, right? Like, which is...
0: You know, weird. what's what's the reward for the
1: Nationals for being better than two other teams right. if they don't get a Nothing. choice in their f- it's just dumb.
0: <laughs> here's here's my thing. Like I even think the 7 teams in the playoffs is too much because that's from each league so you'd have almost half the league in the playoffs at that point, which is a little weird to me. If you want to change the playoffs, just make the one wild the one game wild card a 3 game series. I would like to
1: personally see more teams in, in baseball playoffs. Is my opinion. Um, I I just think it sucks right now that you like have really you have really great teams every year that don't make the playoffs just because they're in a really difficult uh, division. And you know there's maybe one or two other teams that are a little better than them that make the wild card. Um, I I just I think that sucks. You know even you know this is and this is still like a relatively new era that we're in with this kind of playoff seating. It used to not be like this mm-hmm. too. So um, I think if if baseball wants to be interesting and, and wants to be, you know, progressive and all this, I don't think this is the way. I think uh, this is a bunch of stiff old white dudes who got in a room and said, what are the kids like the live kid's live and... streaming? Uh, well, let's – and they like analytics and they like betting. Well, let's have a big extravaganza where these teams get to pick the teams they play and we'll broadcast it live on whatever streaming platform. I, you know, like It's just – I don't know. I think it's um, it's a really hollow idea that I don't think has any place um, in professional sports. If you want to try something like this, try it in like an experimental mm-hmm. league somewhere or something. I don't know. Um, but I just I would personally like to see more teams in the playoffs. I think that just makes it more interesting. Um, and you know, as someone with who uh, is a fan of a team that is a fringe playoff team, any <laughs> any extra chance I can get to to see you know, my team potentially there. But I just think it sucks that, like, baseball is archaic in the way that it treats its playoffs. And even, you know, you you talk about, like, the pennant and stuff and, like, the divisional like, all these things, like, just seem so foreign compared to every other, uh, you know, professional sport in America. And, well, really North America, if you're talking baseball, I guess. Um, You know, the only other sport that's even... You know close to it I guess is the NFL just because they have one game series where everyone else has you know seven game series all throughout I get that the baseball season's already long enough and you don't want to add too many games on these guys dockets but I what's an extra like five game series you know like I don't know you know and if you want to make baseball more popular the best way to do it is have more good teams <laughs> playing and more incentive for teams to be good if you don't you know baseball can't have it both ways where they complain that a third of the teams want to tank and aren't competitive and won't pay, you know, big time players, and also only let six teams
0: in the playoffs. Like I, you know, what do you, what do you want? Now, obviously, he's not a Philadelphia athlete, but on this topic, uh, he's always, you know, loud and, and making his voice heard, which I think is good for the game, and I love watching him pitch. And that's Trevor Bauer. Uh, he brought up a fantastic point, and it's about marketing players. The NBA does a fantastic job of marketing their players. The NFL does a great job of marketing their players. Even the NHL to the NHL fan base does a great job of marketing its star players. This is what Trevor Bauer said about just baseball and how guys are marketed and why baseball is so far behind.
2: When people hang out, you can't even go to social media and see anything about the game. Steph Curry throws a bounce pass in an NBA game and it's trending with 1.5 million views five minutes later and Mike Trout goes and launches himself and robs a homer or something and you can't find the highlight anywhere online. It's ridiculous. You got BAM, that baseball advanced media that was designed to just centralize all MLB content and force people to pay to have access to it. Great, you made a lot of money up front, but you centralize all this content and you make people pay for it And you know what you get? You get a missing generation of fans. You make some money up front, great. And you miss a generation of fans and the the game is losing popularity and especially amongst young people. I mean, let's not even talk about like the shoes, the cleats. Oh, hey, Mike Clevenger, you can't wear those shoes that are colorful that everybody on Twitter likes because it violates our stupid cleat policy where you get three colors of cleats. Like, I mean, what does it even matter? Just let the players express themselves. Let it have some personality. You wanna market the game? Don't change it, don't make the mound 62 feet. Don't make playoffs where you have to pick your opponent and freaking whatever. Don't change the game. Market the players. You have more players in baseball than any other league with much more diverse backgrounds worldwide. More so than any of the other major American sports. And it's the least marketable because you make stupid decisions about how you market the players. You don't open it up. Let content go, get it out there. Quit with this stupid cleat policy, the stupid uh, BAM policy, blackouts all over the place. Like, and that's just dealing with content that we already have available. Like, where's the innovation in content? Like, where, where's the next thing that's, that's gonna draw fans in? Like, who, who's innovating? Who's creating something new? Who's trying to identify with the young fans?
0: I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah, I think it's weird
1: because baseball has done some really good things that I think other teams could take notes on regarding, you know, like they they stream games on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool thing. I think it's really innovative. And I think that's something other leagues should be doing. Um but I think when you talk about highlights and growing the sport, the league that does that the best is the NPA. But they don't care if people are ripping clips and and posting them. People have done that and posted to YouTube and get jobs working for the NBA, like just as like content creators and and it's making. How
0: House of Highlights became a thing. Exactly, and, and the NBA and was now, like, hell
1: yeah, we love this. It's free advertising.
0: And now Omar works for SportsCenter. Yeah,
1: and it's it's mind blowing that other leagues don't see it that way. That they steal it as stealing content and and you know all this and it's it's dumb because you've seen it be so successful for the NBA and that's not the only reason the NBA is as successful as it there's reasons that NBA players are so much more high profile than any other sport and that's because there's really only like so many people on Mm -hmm. the team that you can root for that's it's such a smaller roster than everyone else and someone really impactful can impact the game a different way they're not you know shielded by helmets or masks or anything so they're very Which leads visible. to better
0: off-court marketing.
1: Exactly, and I I think generally the personality of NBA players is much more like outspoken, and they seem to be just more like sociable guys than you see in a lot of other sports. Just my read on it. I don't know, um, but maybe that's the fault again of the marketing of the league that we don't get to see. I, how many times do you get to hear a baseball player talk? You know, like it a, just a, never. A jet, it's like you know? the
0: All Star game the last two years, and how many people are really watching the All Star game?
1: I can't tell you the last time I watched a Major League. Exactly. <laughs> I watch the Home Run exactly. Derby, and that's it. Um, yeah, so I think you know, the, baseball could certainly do a better job of, of promoting players, and I think highlights is the easiest way to do it. Um, I think, for me, like the have they missed a generation of, of fans, probably, and I think that's more to do with baseball just not being a. It's not like an incredibly. Fun sport to watch. I think if you don't have some kind of childhood tie to it, uh, whether it was like family, you know, related, like you guys always watched, you know, Phillies games, mm-hmm. Reds games, whatever you watched, or you, you didn't go to games or you didn't play baseball growing up, it's not a sport that typically like people later in life like you know, find themselves really enjoying. I feel like if you don't have that connection as a kid, it's not there, and um, I don't know. I think it's it's tough. It's it's in a world where you only have so many hours to you know, consume content. Um, it's hard to say that like watching a baseball, which can be again, like every other sport is, you know, it's only gonna be two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours. Baseball can be a four hour experience. Yeah. You have, you have no if clue. not longer, if not longer. And that's a hard sell. Um, and again, going back to my earlier point, it's hard to root for teams when again, a third of the league is non-competitive and don't have good players. And you know, it's it's hard to get excited about that. Who's ex- you know who's excited to go to a Marlins game ever? Nobody. Nobody. Like no one is excited to go to those games. You know the the, the Rockies, right? A, kind of a fun team. They always seem mm-hmm. to have all sorts have trouble getting people in that stadium, and they they have to you know do all these these deals and and market themselves to, to college kids and you know put in these these awesome like restaurants to be like, look, you know, we have a whole experience, mm-hmm. right? And that's everywhere in baseball. That's just one example, but everywhere people. It's hard to get people to buy into it, especially if the team isn't good. It's really hard to do that, um,
0: you know. And then you have the good teams or the the great players that are playing on the West Coast, and because you're so stubborn with the content and putting out highlights the way that the NBA and the NFL do, nobody sees them. Yeah. Because the only time they're getting played is on 1 a.m. Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. Shout out SVP. You know. I could not tell you the last time I was up till 1 a.m. <laughs> Mike Trout, you don't see anything because he's playing in Anaheim. Their games don't start till 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. That's when a big part of your demographic that you're trying to reach and bring into the game is in bed. You just saw Mookie Betts get traded to the Dodgers. When are we going to see Mookie Betts highlights now? Never. Same thing with pitching. Clayton Kershaw during his prime. When did you ever see anything Clayton Kershaw related? Because by the time those West Coast games are done and their highlights are being shown on, you know, Sports Center MLB Network, it's that next morning and your, you know, eight year old to, you know, eighteen year old demographic is in school. They're not gonna see it. And by the time they do, it's yesterday's news. You need to be able to have the content put out. Like, that's one thing I watched the XFL this weekend. I was thoroughly impressed. They were getting content out like that. It was instant. The Premier Lacrosse League, instant contact. Instant content being put out throughout their games. They had their expansion draft tonight. Boom. They had video clips from the live stream out on Twitter immediately. You have mic'd up players in the PLL. You have mic'd up players in the NHL. It's everywhere. You see it, you know. A couple days after NFL games, they have ten minute clips of guys who were miked up that game, and you can go back and watch it, and it takes you through the game from their perspective. When do we ever see that with baseball? Never, and it's so easy to do. Baseball needs to do a better job of marketing their players because of all the high profile personalities that are in this league. Like Trevor Bauer said, the the diversity in Major League Baseball is greater than any other sport.
1: Yeah, what? Who? What other? north american sport has i think maybe the mls is the only mm-hmm. one and that's just because of the nature of that right. game but has the amount of like you know bilingual speakers in it and and these people from it's so many different countries it's you know you look at the nfl it's Predominantly American. Right. NBA is still predominantly American. NHL is a, a good mix of of Canadian, American. You have like a few European countries mm-hmm. represented, but you're largely still like an English speaking mm-hmm. league. MLB is like incredibly diverse in in there's what Hispanic. it offers. You
0: have European which players, which is which is American, as Canadian,
1: American as it gets. Yes. And you, you even have you know uh, not a whole big representation of Asian players, but there's certainly there a lot. an aspect to it of you. Japan is is definitely a big big that place That's one for of baseball.
0: the highlights of Major League Baseball's offseason. Is looking to see what Japanese players are being put on, you know, that that bidding war to come over to play in the MLB. That is a huge part of the yeah. sport. It's,
1: you know, that there is like a a lack of capitalization on that. And in America is a, such a diverse place now you know you can go anywhere and you can hear people speaking spanish it's not out of the ordinary mm-hmm. it's it's very normal especially if you go into a city like to forget spanish you'll hear eight other languages like it's just how you can have um players that represent america in that way so well and that there's all different backgrounds people who immigrated this country uh first generation or, or guys that you know are quote-unquote american now but are you know sons or grandsons of, of guys like, in
0: major league baseball that defected from cuba yeah. and slam here <laughs>
1: yeah i mean and you don't you don't get their you don't get the visibility from them and i feel like you know other other sports do a great job of telling us about these guys you know childhoods telling us about their families and how they grew up and you get these kind of more in-depth profiles and like there's a lot of opportunity there for baseball players. But it's, it's getting people to buy in and care in the first place. And I, I think that all starts with just making baseball more fun to watch. Um, and, I, again, my main thesis of this is to have more teams in the playoffs. It's hard for a 10-year-old to care. When I was 10, the teams I liked to watch the most were good teams. I liked the Flyers when I was 10 because mm-hmm. the Flyers are a perennially competitive team. And me and my brother used to watch the Phillies, but my dad would always say, Why the hell are you guys watching the Phillies? Because the Phillies sucked. The Phillies sucked for most of my life. Yeah. They were terrible. Bobby Brady was the only good thing about the Phillies for a very long time. <laughs> and most of my friends didn't watch the Phillies. Even growing up when, when we had Allen Iverson and the Sixers, most of my friends watched the Lakers. They liked Kobe Bryant. Like if you don't have the stars and you don't have any kind of, you know, perennial playoff success, mm-hmm. like
0: you're already you're already so far behind. It's it's crazy, and and Major League Baseball needs to do something about it and stop being stingy old whites and market your players because if you do that, it is a simple fix. You don't have to go through all these concoctions of you know uh, a, a live uh, pickem of, of opponents in your playoffs. Like that doesn't need to happen. Just market your players better. I can name five guys off the top of my head that if you marketed them they'd be instant superstars in just the sports world. It's easy. But Major League Baseball doesn't want to do it. There's these quote-unquote unwritten rules where guys don't want opposing players to flaunt and be flashy like they are in other sports, which is also a problem. You need to be able to show your personality, and that's the one thing baseball's lacking. Yeah, absolutely. Phillies-wise, Matt, Tommy Hunter's back. He signed... uh, a major league deal David Robertson moved to the 60-day DL il whatever it is uh, but the promotional schedules out and that's the important thing oh brother we've been we've been searching believe me we go through the promotional schedule every year obviously we'll be at the April 4th 405 p.m opening night by the way I love
1: making it a 405
0: 405 uh, thank you for on not letting me freeze to death for another year <laughs> on April 4th no March game this yeah. year uh for the the uh McDonald's t-shirt giveaway that they do nice t-shirt this is this one from last year if you're watching on Facebook they're playing the Brewers you get to see a guy who needs to be marketed in Christian Yelich uh and obviously Phillies killer Ryan Braun as well uh he's just a steroid killer too that guy that too uh rule killer Sunday April 5th kids 14 and under get a really nice windbreaker that I wish went to all fans because that thing is Amazing. Kids that's, always get the coolest giveaways, That's man. the that's one thing. BS. You look at every it's other the, team in baseball. These things get
1: outgrown
0: in a day. Every other team in baseball gives it to, like, the first 20,000 fans, 30,000 fans. Philly's just like, oh, 14-under. Come <laughs> rascals, on, guys. Absolute rascals. Uh, We've got, let's see here, first Dollar Dog Night, Tuesday, April 7th. I'm just pissed that they have Dollar Dog Nights ending again in, like, May. It's like, so they, annoying. It's, it's, give us one in the summer. Friday, April 17th, it's going to be a hot ticket. Again, the Andrew McCutcheon t-shirt game, or uh, Lawrence McCutcheon, as uh, one Howard Erskine said today on the Twitter machine. Uh, that's also Jackie Robinson salute night. Uh, got a lot of scout days and scout nights this year, which is pretty cool. This is the one that I'm most upset about. Yeah, this is BS. Sunday, April 19th, a one o five p.m. game. You get a Philly Fanatic Knit Hat if... You're 14 and under.
1: Yeah, me and, uh, me and Sarah were like trying to uh, see if maybe we could take my niece and nephew to that game. And just <laughs> be like, hey, just give us your hats. Because they're cool hats. It's <laughs> like so what? cool. It's stupid.
0: Uh, the next Dollar Dog Night, Tuesday, April 21st against the Texas Rangers. Uh, then we've got the uh, reusable straw set to all fans Wednesday, nice. April 22nd. Very p.m. <laughs> game. Uh, so an afternoon Wednesday game there. Uh, then the Rockies come to town. We got Teacher Appreciation Night on Friday, May first. The Mother's Day gift this year is amazing. Uh, it is a crossbody clutch, red with uh, you know gold accents and and everything on it. That is two o five p.m. on Sunday, May third. Star Wars Night Monday, May fourth against the Braves. Following day Dollar Dog Night number three on Cinco de Mayo. Then we've got. The Dodgers, obviously, coming to town. It's just a hot ticket. Uh, We've got Friday, May 15th, EDM postgame concert. Would not be surprised if it's Diplo again. (laughs) Uh, Sunday. Okay, hold on. Um, I remember Diplo
1: came to (laughs) Philly last year, and I was listening to one of the games on my drive home, and I was listening on the radio. in the background. And um, they were talking about Diplo, and of course, they're like older guys commentating the game. They're like, what's a Diplo? He's like, it sounds like an advanced stat. <laughs> what do you think Aaron Nola's Diplo is this year?
0: That's amazing. It was one of my favorite moments of last season. <laughs> Sunday, May 17th, o five p.m. Kids, 14 and under, get a Zach Wheeler t-shirt. Yeah, they can keep it. <laughs> uh... Obviously, Friday, May 29th going to be one of the the better giveaways ever done. Uh, The replica retired number statue for Roy Halladay. Then we've got uh, Sunday, May 31st. Kids 14 and under get a a beach towel with what looks like Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins. And I want to say JT Real Muto on it, but I could be wrong. Um We've got Scooby Doo night. Yeah, I, they on June have multiple Scooby
1: Doo nights, and they just says that you're going to be entered to win a Scooby Doo giveaway of some kind. It doesn't give you anything else. I'm a I'm a man who loves me some Scooby Doo. I would like to know more. But this
0: one on Monday, June eighth says the first 2,500 fans who purchase tickets through the theme night get a Scooby Doo giveaway. Yeah, I don't know what what is it. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, we've got 1920 City Series Retro Night with the Athletics. So it's going to be some hot uniforms more than likely. Um, we've got the Father's Day game Sunday, June 14th, 1920s. Phillies cap to men 15 and over. Uh, then we've got the Xfinity Fireworks show on June 26th against the Diamondbacks. And then on June 29th, a Monday six o five game against the Diamondbacks as well. Mike Trout comes to town July 17th through the 19th. That 19th, kids 14 and under, get your uh, WB Mason collectible truck. And then uh, July 22nd, against the Nationals, all fans. We finally get an all fans giveaway. Uh, the MLB Network tote bag. <laughs> then we've got uh, the Brothers Osborne postgame concert on July 25th against the Mets. I know who that is, yes. <laughs> kids 14 and under, July 26th, the Sunday against the Mets, get a... J.T. Real Muto, catcher's bank. Come on. Uh, we've got Toyota Phillies Wall of Fame night on August 8th against the Giants. Gabe Kapler's return, obviously there. Uh, we've got the... Hopefully he goes better than his uh, <laughs> last alumni weekend. <laughs> uh, Sunday, August 9th, uh, a 105 game. We've got the 1980 Phillies 40th anniversary salute. So more than likely they'll just... I don't Hell know those yeah! Guys there. <laughs> uh... Then we've got 14 and under, the back-to-school gym bag with the Phillies logo on it, August 23rd against the Braves. Aaron Nola, pop vinyl figure. It's probably this one here if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, Kids 14 and under, September 6th against the Marlins. And there was totally one that I missed Star so, Wars
1: night I know is uh, early in the season you get a uh, Millennium Falcon on a black Phillies baseball here is it is cool.
0: Bryce Harper bobblehead night. Oh, yeah.
1: there's also a mystery bobblehead we don't yes. know who that is yeah.
0: more than likely because just from experience from last year the mystery bobblehead night was one of the bobblehead giveaways from last season during theme nights uh, but June 28th Sunday 105 Bryce Harper bobble bobblefiguring giveaway will see yes. diamondbacks so, lots of fun promotional schedule items there, and uh, it's Wednesday, obviously, which means Survivor's back, Matt. It is. As you guys know, we Winners are avid, war, baby avid Survivor watchers here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Matt trooped through every single season of Survivor to catch up. I gladly did. And uh, that's what we're about to go watch. Survivor's back. If you guys watch Survivor... Tweet at us at underground PHI at Matt Casarina at KBIZZL311. Or you can leave your survivor takes in the Apple Podcast reviews. If it isn't how Tyson Apostle is the best survivor player to ever play the game, I don't want to hear it. That's an all name team, too. Tyson Apostle. What a name. Uh, What a guy. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about these MLB playoff changes that could potentially happen. Uh, your theme night of choice that you want to go to with the Phillies uh, and your thoughts on Shushgate and if you don't have an iPhone you can check us out on Spotify Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Radio.com wherever you get your podcasts and uh, check us out on Instagram as well at UndergroundPHI trying to get our followers up on there so we get the little swipe up feature on our stories and all that good stuff um, but we will be back on Saturday breaking down anything that goes down in the sports world because we're on all-star break pitchers and catchers reported looks like everybody hit a bench press machine because their arms are swole heather barry friend of the show is down there taking pictures for SP nation a beautiful picture of our guy alec bohm So make sure you're following heather for all the photo content down in clearwater and uh... like i said we'll be back on saturday with anything that goes down in this wild Philadelphia sports scene. But as always, guys, show brought to you by Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, gear up for Philly season. Go to our Design Tree storefront, dsgentry.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia. You got the kick-ass Bryce Harper uh, headband, t-shirts, and hoodies available for you. Use the promo code DSGN10 for $10 off at checkout. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 210. For Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.